Welcome to Rhythm and Words, a podcast exploring the rhythm of women in their 20s. I'm your host, Vivian Crooko, but you can call me Viv. The stories shared on this podcast dive into the joys, lessons, and journeys that we experience as 20-somethings in the world today. If nothing else, I hope that the following conversation inspires you to explore your own rhythm in one form or another. When I first approached Emma Lewis to be on Rhythm and Words, I was certain she was in her mid to late 20s. Turns out she's 31 and has exceptional skin. Emma actually inspired the title of this segment, in retrospect, as she reflected on her 20s and all the money lessons and achievements she experienced throughout the years. By the way, Emma is the owner of Canvas, a sexy, dateless planner that has made so many lives, mine included, easier and less messy. The Canvas budget section has hand on heart, changed the way I view my pay and finances in general. While looking back, Emma shared the reality of buying a unit solo as a 20-something, her spending and saving habits and how they've changed, launching a product-based business, and so much more. Emma is super candid and open about her financial story, and I'll appreciate her forever because of it. And just before I go... This is the last episode of season one. So if you've tuned in from the beginning, thank you so much. And I can't wait to bring you season two. Let's dive deep with Emma. Thank you for being on my podcast. Thank you for having me. That's okay. So we are talking about money today, which is very exciting. I, yeah, same with me. I could just talk about it all day. But I find it's still very taboo for a lot of people. Like, they're not comfortable, you know, discussing details. My first question for you about money, Emma, is what's your relationship with money like growing up? I think I totally get that it's such a taboo topic. And that's why I love talking about it so much because I really think you should be normalizing it. I've shared my entire budget on the Canvas page. And like that's probably really scary for some people to show like how much they're earning and how much they're spending Mm -hmm. but I just think it's like such because it is such a taboo topic we should be talking about it more openly but my relationship with money growing up basically from the day I could get a job I got one which also meant that I immediately became responsible for the things I spent my money on so if Mm -hmm. I wanted something I then was responsible for paying for it so at the beginning it was like a revelation for me because I worked um, one of my first job, jobs was in retail I worked at City Beach nice. so at the very beginning I spent pretty much all of my pay all of the time on clothes and shoes and accessories and um yeah so I was a very big spender at the beginning I would say just purely because you go from not really mm. being able to get anything that you wanted and then all of a sudden it's like I can buy whatever the heck I want yeah. So, yeah, that, at the beginning, I would say I was more of a spender, for sure. Yeah. I think that's the same with a lot of kids, hey, like, just having that, like, more than, say, I don't know, yeah. we got, like, $10 a week from pocket money from, like, doing chores. So, when I went from, like, $10 to, like, $100, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And yeah. Even though I was saying that, I, I also do remember um, I played hockey, me and my sisters played hockey growing up, and I remember going to the hockey fields on a Saturday. And mum would give us all a five dollar note at the beginning of the day and say, "If it's all gone <laughs> and, you, and you don't have any left for lunch, don't come and ask me." So yeah. we really had to figure out like we can only buy twenty cents worth of bread 
frogs because then we've got to have money for our hot chips. Yeah, that's so true, actually. I remember, like, yeah, or dad would send us to the server on our bikes to, like, get, I don't know, milk or whatever on, like, Sundays because the whole town would be closed on Sundays. He's like, okay, here's 10 bucks. And we're like, what do you, do you care if there's change? And he's like, no, oh, yes. And it's like, dad doesn't know how much things cost. <laughs> so you'd be like, okay, the milk is four bucks. How much can I get without him noticing? Yeah. <laughs> so... City Beach was your first job. How old were you when you got that? Were you like 14, 15 or a little bit older? Yes, I would say, so I got my first job at, is it 13 and 9 months or 14 and 9 months if you get your very first job? I think it's, I think it's 14, 14 and 9 yeah. months. Yeah, so my first job was at a fruit and veggie shop oh. uh, called Robbie D's in Rockhampton. Cute. I actually found it um, really difficult because there was like a bazillion types of fruit and veg and the prices were never the same. So just oh. when I felt like I was getting my head around it, mm-hmm. like I had to learn new prices every time I worked, which was really oh tough. And then um, I reckon I probably would have been about 15 and a half mm-hmm. when I switched over to City Beach and I was getting so many um, hours there that I ended up having to leave the fruit and veg shop and then, um, yeah, head over to City Beach because I was working maybe three afternoons a week after school and then Thursday nights and Sundays. Wow. That's a lot for school. Yes. That really is. Did you find, like, looking back on it, do you think that that kind of time, um, like working two jobs and then transitioning to one but still studying, um, do you think that kind of shaped your money mindset at all or, like, how you had to budget or anything like that or you just kind of took it as you went? Yeah, I think it's definitely too early for me to Mm -hmm. really – um, have any sort of money mindset at that point um it was kind of like whatever I earned I spent and yeah I never looked at I never looked at that like a bad thing because I was still in high school and yeah you know, what else do I have to spend money on other than a couple of vodka cruises on the weekend <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah so close to where it works <laughs> oh, yeah see I think it's it's quite funny because I like grew up um up on Weeper, so like far north Queensland. Uh, so yeah. we didn't have any shops and we didn't have online shopping yet. So I we, I actually think I was pretty good at spe- like saving because I would save till when we went on holidays and then I would blow it like all in yeah. within like 48 hours. And then I'd come back and, you know, save for another two months and then just blow it. So yeah, it's quite funny because now I think about it and I'm like, I'm really good at saving for a specific thing, like if I have a certain goal, but otherwise yeah. like not so good general saving so yeah it's funny when you think of that that's like I feel like that's like with anything Mm. and people have business goals and they have life goals and they have Mm -hmm. exercise goals but if someone is a bad saver or bad with spending money I always say do you have a money goal and generally they don't Mm. so if you don't have something that you're working towards why would you be putting money aside yeah that's a good point yeah, it's a really good thing to have a goal in mind, whether it be for a holiday or a house deposit or, you know, whatever you're trying to buy. Mm. Um, if you don't have goals in place, then I feel like you're not going to see your savings grow. Definitely. So with that in mind, how would you say that your relationship uh, with money has changed between being a teenager and working and going to school and, say, your early 20s um, and now. So it's quite a big, yeah, so within, like, I guess, yeah, 10, 12 years. Yeah. Um, so as I said before, my late teens, obviously, was once I got my license, I was 18, I think, when mm-hmm. I got my license. 
So at that time, I was still living at home. My mum and dad had a rule that if you weren't helping with cleaning or the washing or the dishwashers or whatever, nice. then you were paying board. Um, mm-hmm. So I helped with the cleaning to avoid paying board. <laughs> I was like, why would I pay $100 yeah. a week or 50 bucks a week or something? That's when smart. I could just stack a dishwasher or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, other than that, it was phone credit and some fuel for my Hyundai Excel. <laughs> Um, so money was never really at the forefront of my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, going into my early twenties, I think I was about twenty-one when I decided that I wanted to go to Europe and live there for two years. Oh wow! Um, so I made a, I set a goal for myself, and I saved um, twenty thousand in twelve months. I think it was. So oh at that time, I was working full time in real estate, but then I also got a job at a pub mm-hmm. um, to help save for that. So, yeah, like that was something that I was working towards as well. That was probably like a really good time that I spent realizing how hard you have to work when you Mm. have a goal in mind um, and how important it is to be budgeting and not spending money on things that you don't need because it really cuts into that. Yeah. Um, And when you're trying to work towards something, you realize how much money you are spending on stupid shit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. On like, you know, Mac is food isn't food and alcohol is a killer, I oh, think. Totally. Um, Especially when so, you're younger. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and what was even more devastating was I saved twenty grand for that holiday and then I think once the exchange rate was so bad and it turned into like eleven thousand euros oh. or something. So almost half my Oh my god. So sad. That's devastating. Um, yeah, and then obviously I can't came back and started working and then it was very shortly after that that I got into the academy um Mm -hmm. so and I moved to Townsville to do that that Mm -hmm. was a massive pay cut um I was basically on nothing for the six months that I was at the academy um so again I had to be budgeting quite well I had a car repayment at that point so Mm -hmm. um had to be very careful with where I spent my money and then I got sent to Mount Isa and when I got to Mount Isa uh, I was living um, in barracks, so I didn't have any living expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, I had paid for my car by then, so I didn't really have car payments or any sort of bills. My phone really was the only bill I had when I was out there. Yeah. Um, and I just thought if I'm going to be living in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> I'm at least going to make it worth it. Yeah. And um, I had the opportunity to be working overtime and you get really good allowances for working out there, mm-hmm. so I just – I don't know. I that was probably the hardest I went with my savings. Yeah, and I saved. Um, I think it ended up being so without it was sixty thousand dollars in twelve months. Holy shit! Yeah, so <laughs> that's I amazing. Absolutely, like a bullet a gate. Yeah, I've been saying that. I think I worked almost every day mm-hmm. for that twelve months. Yeah, um, and long, long days. So uh, there's a lot of sacrifice that came with that. But. Yeah. Um, I remember having a conversation with mum and dad while I was out there and, and sort of put the idea in my head, like, what are you going to do? Are you going to buy a house? Are you going to need a deposit? Um, and I'd already sort of seen my savings adding up at that mm-hmm. point. So I was like, okay, well, if I really want a good good chunk, I have this is like the best time to be doing it because I'm never going to be earning the money that I am out yeah. here. So let's make it worth it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a huge achievement. Yeah, massive, wow. massive achievement. Uh, yeah. How did it feel when you had like that kind of that amount just sitting there and you're like, 
Yep, I did this. Looking back, I'm kind of like, I wish I still had it. Yeah. Obviously, like, since then, I've I've bought an apartment, so Mm -hmm. I don't have it anymore, which is really sad. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it is, like, it's such a massive amount of money for someone to save on their own. Um, But I also think to myself, God, I I could have saved a lot more up to that point. But I also don't believe in, like, punishing yourself yeah. for things you've done previously. It's about what you do moving forward. So. Exactly, what you learn from it and then yeah, yeah take with you. Absolutely. Wow. So somewhere along the line you started a product-based business, which is very exciting. And as you mentioned, you own an apartment. So is there one that you kind of started saving for first or they like did they happen simultaneously or how did that timeline kind of roll out? The unit was definitely first. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as I said, the last 12 months that I spent in Mount Isa was when I really started cracking down and saving. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I had my, my parents, I was really lucky that. Um, so, my dad called me when I was in the contract process of buying my unit and he said, We've given your older sister 10000 for her wedding. And at the time, my younger sister was getting married. We've just given her 10000 for her wedding. Your mother and I thought it would be a good idea to give you ten thousand. <laughs> that <laughs> is so like, sweet. Don't you think I'm going to get married? Or <laughs> but um, yeah. So I, I came to the unit with a seventy thousand dollar deposit, mm-hmm. which still didn't get me out of um, mortgage insurance, which yeah. is infuriating. But how it worked was, um, I bought my unit, and then I had money sitting in my offset account. So. Mm. Um, part of that 70000 went into an offset account, um, which basically reduced the interest, but if I needed to needed or wanted to take it out, I could. Um, and so I took 40000 out of that, and that is what I used to start Canvas. Wow. So, and that's probably over a six-month period that I yeah. used that money. Um, but it is also a massive chunk um, yeah, to, be, to be using to start your business. And that's what people don't realize how – much of an investment it is like I decided that it wasn't something that I wanted to do as a hobby it wasn't mm-hmm. something that I wanted to do small um and and watch grow like at a, at a snail's pace um it was something that I wanted to launch professionally mm-hmm. with the website built the product made the tone of voice and the colors and everything else that came with it I wanted it to be built properly yeah and the way that it was, I just had to spend that money. So um, that has obviously affected my personal savings. Mm-hmm. However, after I think it was about 12 or 18, between the 12 and 18 month mark, I said to myself, no no more of my personal money is going into Canvas. Mm-hmm. If it can't sustain itself, then it doesn't exist anymore. So, and one of my goals um, is to pay back that 40000 to myself oh, wow. over, over the next um 12 to 24 months as well. Yeah. So currently I bought an, I had to buy a new car last year. So currently oh, Candace nice. is, is paying that for me. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so that's half of it at least. Thanks, anyway. Canvas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. That yeah. is crazy. That is, yeah, I've, well, I've never had a product business. So I don't even begin to, I guess, comprehend how much. But yeah, yeah wow. Thank you for sharing that, that amount because no one part. says it. No, but that covered the whole um, the first run of print as mm-hmm. well, which, yeah. um, you know, that's that's 13000 and then you've got import tax on top of that. Mm. So it's um, I'm, I'm an open book when it comes 
else talking about money. So when someone says, oh, you know, $70 for a planner, that's quite expensive. I'd love no. to have the price point where it's 40 but I'm not at the point yet where, you know, I'm not Kmart. I can't order yeah. 20,000 units at a time, um, which obviously reduces the, the cost price mm-hmm. of getting it printed and all of that. But, man, I work hard to get it to where it is and to have it at the price point it's yeah. at. So, um, yeah, people don't people don't realise un- until they've done it um, how expensive it is and how many little costs come into play that you really need to either incorporate into the product price mm. or incorporate into the business price. So. Yeah, well, that's a really good point actually because, well, I actually asked for mine is a birthday present. <laughs> So I didn't pay for it. Yeah, I was smart. I'm like, oh, I want a canvas this year. So I like harassed my parents. I'm like, you have to order it before like Christmas so it gets here in time. So they did. And yeah, like I didn't go and I was like, oh, you know, it's just $70. Like when you think about how much we spend on like just stupid shit, you know, like, oh, I'll just get these shoes because they're on 20% off or this bag or this clothes or, you know, whatever it is. Like I'll just go out for drinks when I should be saving and we just funnel so much money into nothing, really. Well, the thing is, I'm like the world's biggest budgeter. So mm. I always look at something before I buy it and I go, am I going to get, say, $70 worth from this thing that mm-hmm. I'm buying? Like if I'm buying new runners, I think to myself, am I going to get $120, $140, whatever it is, yeah. worth out of these shoes? And things like that, I go, fucking over I am because mm-hmm. I exercise four or five times a week. Totally. I a really fancy, nice dress and I go, am I going to get $250 worth out of that? No, because I'll probably wear it once mm-hmm. and I won't wear it again. I look at a planner that I'm using every single day. Yeah. And if you break it down, it's like $5.80 a month. That's nothing. To, to have a canvas. And I'm like, nah, I don't need to, I don't need to justify yeah. that, that price point to anyone because $5.80 a month is nothing when you think about the potential that are within pages so that's cheaper than like spotify or stan or netflix like wow that's a really good way to look at it yeah oh my god yes (laughs) spinning it back a little what so how old were you when you got the keys to your unit i think 28 so i know we kind of touched on it but what sacrifices like on a day-to-day basis or like i guess over the year that you were saving all the two years, did you have to make to achieve like the goal of getting your apartment? Definitely, um, I really cracked down on what I was spending my money on food and alcohol wise. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of meal prep, I, and I still do, to be honest. Um, I never understood people that can like buy lunch every day at work. Like, it <laughs> blows my mind that they're not, you know bringing leftovers or, yeah. you know, meal prepping or anything like that. So that was one thing that um, I did a lot of. And actually, now that I'm thinking back, I actually, um, there was a guy that I worked with who was so lazy as well. <laughs> and he was paying me to do his meal prep for him. So That's um, smart. Yeah. And, <laughs> and paying ridiculous money for me to do. So I was just always looking for ways mm-hmm. to, to earn money. Um I also live quite minimalistically as yeah. well. I don't believe in having things around me. Mm-hmm. It just clutters my life. And, yeah, I um, what else did I sacrifice while I was out there? I guess trips home for oh, me was course. a big one. Um, 
Mount Isa is really remote mm-hmm. and it's expensive to leave when you do want to leave. So I think flights to Brisbane were like $800 minimum Ooh. most of the time. So wow. there, was a, I, there was a good 12-month period where I didn't um, make any trips home. So um, that was, I guess, was a big sacrifice for mm-hmm. time with my family. Um, I had a niece that was born. Um, I only got to see her once. Um, just before, obviously, I started doing those big savings. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, something I, I wish I wasn't the case. Like, it would have been much easier if I was closer to them. But yeah. I just couldn't justify spending all that money on flights when I knew that sort of the end was near and I'd be yeah. able to see them a lot more once I was out of there. So That's a long time when you think of it. It is a like- long time. Yeah, but you also, I feel like when you're in positions as unique as that, you really have to make the most of your surroundings. Mm-hmm. So I sort of chose to, um, like my saving was I'm going to hit the gym, I'm going to meal prep, and yeah. I'm going to do like small or local adventures. So I went to all the rodeos. <laughs> so I feel like I didn't miss out, you know. And yeah, they're always a good time. memories that um, I'll never be able to replace. And to be honest, like, I'd never get a chance to go back out there and go to all those little rodeos again anyway. So I thought yeah. to myself, well, you may as well go sleep in the back of your car <laughs> and have six back around. Yeah. You know, they're cheap weekends away. So. They really are, yeah. yeah. It's just booze it's and a bit of it. food, really. Yeah. A couple of snacks, lots of bread. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because, yeah, I grew up going to like, yeah, we had the rodeo and then we had like a fishing comp and that was like our two big events yeah. of the year. So they were in town so we didn't have to travel but – there's actually one, I think it's the uh, Laura races, um, which is about five hours from Cairns and everyone flocks to that each year. Yeah. Like it's just the town empties and they all go to Laura, which is hilarious. But yeah, it is like really fun. Races. Yeah. Massive. Like the town I think has like 20 people <laughs> normally and yep. it goes up to 5,000 people mm-hmm. make the truck out for the races. Yeah. yeah. Same with They're Laura. Yeah, it's so weird. Like I never even thought of it. But, yeah, even living in Cairns, people will drive up just for that weekend. And I'm like, mm, yeah. okay. I guess because I've grown up with it, I'm like, mm, I'm done. I've had enough dusty sleep. <laughs> yeah, so. for a while. Yeah. So do you have any tips for 20-somethings who are wanting to purchase their first property based on your experience kind of within the market and saving for one? Absolutely. And my top one that I would tell everybody who's willing to listen mm-hmm. is work out what your repayments are going to be and all of your living expenses before you make that decision. Mm. Because I looked at it and always overcompensate because, you know, when I was doing um, the inquiries with my bank, um, I was on much better money out at Mount Isa than I was. When I say much better money, it wasn't a massive difference, but mm-hmm. it was probably ten or 15000 a year Yeah. by the time I added all that overtime in. But based on that wage, my repayments were very much doable, but I didn't take into account electricity and rates um, and water and sewerage mm-hmm. and body corporate. And that, at the moment just to cover those bills is $200 a fortnight of my pay. Wow. So it is so tight for me because I am doing it on my own. It is so much tighter for me than I had originally anticipated. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people, work out what your loan repayments are going to be, work out what you're going to have to pay for 
body corporate, if body corporate's a thing, mm-hmm. your rate, your electricity, your water, your phone, your insurances, add them all together and and start taking that money out of your account every week or every fortnight, whatever you get paid, mm. and see how much you want to do it after that. Because <laughs> I can tell you it's bloody tough. Yeah. And there are so many sacrifices that you have to make. I do not have a disposable income anymore. I can't just go to the shops and buy a pretty dress. It's like a big decision for me to go out mm-hmm. and spend money on myself. Like, you know, if there's something that I see on an Instagram ad, I can't just make that spur of the moment decision and buy it. Mm-hmm. However, some people would argue I, I have my own place, which is is amazing, but it just depends on what you want long-term, I suppose. Yeah. Because there are a lot of sacrifices that come with owning your own place, especially on your own. That's a really good way to look at it, actually, because yeah. I'm 24 and people have started asking, like, oh, are you guys going to buy a place? And I'm like, mate, I've got no savings. Like, I'm in no, I haven't even thought of it yet. And suddenly everyone's asking. So now I'm like, is that something I want? You know, like, how long is it going to take? And I'm, like, very aware that it's going to be a huge, like, sacrifice. Yeah. And I don't think I'm ready to kind of make it. So I'm like, that's fine. Like, I don't need a house. Yeah. But yeah, it's almost you kind of have to like psych yourself up to kind of do it because, yeah, once you once you purchase it, like it's your problem. Yeah, and I'm not ready and I for know that. A lot of people, um, a lot of the advice that I was getting were all like, "Well, you know, once you're in the property market, you've mm. made it, and it's great, and blah blah blah." But so at the moment, I pay two thousand and eighty a month on my on my mortgage. Wow. Now out of that. 1400 is interest. Oh so God. I only have $600, just over $600 coming off my actual loan balance. Holy shit. So the way I see it is I could live somewhere, pay $400 a month, mm-hmm. for a room, live somewhere and pay for a room, for example, and pay rent, and pay $400 a month. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm already automatically putting away $2,000 of my mortgage and I can afford that, then I could be putting 1600 into a savings account every fortnight. Mm. And that's not that's not going to the bank as interest. That's going into my savings account. Mm-hmm. So the way I see it is the more you have in your savings account, the better off you are because your payments and your interests are going to be lower. So if you're one of those people that's starting with A, no deposit, people get caught up in a lot, you know, those ads that come up like oh, no yeah. deposit needed blah 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 Oof. but there is a massive chunk of your payment that goes towards interest and it's not until you reach that tipping point mm-hmm. where you owe less than the bank does that you start to pay less in interest and mm-hmm. more starts coming up the principal but there is a long long time yeah. and I'm talking like 10 to 15 years before you can start seeing those differences so I look at it I remember calling my dad and just being like, I just checked my bank account <laughs> and this is how much interest I'm paying and only this much comes off the balance. And he said, well, that's how it's always going to be. Like, no one said it was going to be easy. And I said, well, no one fucking warned me about that either. <laughs> yeah, because bloody hell. Had I known that, I think I would have done things a little differently. I mm. probably would have saved for a bit longer mm-hmm. knowing how well I can save. Yeah, I would have, that's a good you point. Know, con- continued to rent. I wouldn't have had all these extra repayments for the, you know, mm-hmm. yes, you pay water and electricity or sometimes just electricity when you rent, but I wouldn't 
have had body corporate, I wouldn't have had the sewerage, all these little things that add up. I'm not saying don't ever do it. I'm just saying if you are a good saver, you're better off saving Mm -hmm. until you're in a better position financially. Don't rush into it because people are telling you you need to be in now, you need to be in now. If there's a crash in the real estate, you know, <laughs> Go for it. it's a great time, then, yeah, jump, jump into it. But mm-hmm. um, I just think there's definitely better things to be spending your money on than seeing $1,600 a month go down the drain in interest. Yeah, that's such a good way to look at it because I, yeah, I really don't have any idea. And I think a lot of women my age don't really know, but we're starting to be told, like, you should look at buying a house, but like no one actually says how much time and money and commitment and sacrifice comes with that. Like it's not just yeah. signing a piece of paper and you've got a nice house that you get to, you know, renovate if you feel like it. It's yeah. crazy. Oh my God. Okay, so let's move on. <laughs> I'm getting scared. I'm like, am I ever going to buy a house? <laughs> one day. No, it's good. Thank you. Because it's not, it's different when like a, I say adults, but I mean like, you know, my parents' generation or their the one their yeah. grandparents were. It's just different and it's totally different just, mindset. Yeah. It's just so different. Yeah. And they're usually, you know, if they're like they're in a different job as well when they get it, like you're a kid and they're in their thirties or the forties and they're buying a house and it's like I'm in my twenties. I'm like, this isn't this isn't the yeah. same. I'm not earning what you are. I don't have like the being in high school. So I think I was grade eight or nine. And my mum and dad went to look at a property and they came home from the auction mm-hmm. and they were like, we bought it. Oh, like, my God. It was more than what we really expected to pay. Like, they were nervous about it because they were like, oh, you know, we don't know if we can afford it. Mm-hmm. It was 127000 Holy crap. That they spent on, the, on their house at the time. And they were nervous about it as <laughs> two people, you know, yeah. and, and buying this house. And I just think to myself, <laughs> I'm 28, doing it on my own, and I spent 450000 on my unit. And just, uh-huh. the, like, the total difference between those two situations. Mm-hmm. And and that was something that they encouraged me to do because, they, you know, again, they were like, rent's wasted money and yeah. you can't let that money go down the drain. And I just think to myself now, it's $200 a week, yeah. you know, to, to, to rent, and it's 500 to own. Yeah. But it's a big only, difference only a very small percentage of that actually comes off the balance of my loan. So, um, <laughs> yeah, people, different, different advice. Yeah. I can only speak from my own experience. No, and your experience is really interesting because, like I said, there's just not enough real talk. Like people are like, I brought a house and we paid this much and, you know, yeah. how exciting, let's have a housewarming and they don't actually share any of the bad stuff or the tricky stuff. Yeah. So you kind of look at them and get so jealous and, yeah. yeah. Exactly. It all looks like roses from the outside, but, mm-hmm. I mean, not, not to any of my friends. I tell you <laughs> I'm like, don't do it. Spreading um, the good word. <laughs> but, no, it's just funny. Um, I forget where that, that was. <laughs> that's okay. No, I forget where that was leading. Yeah, no, that's fine. We can move on to your business baby canvas. Which is, I'm plugging it now, the only planner that you'll ever need in your life, full stop, ever again. I love it. I use it all the time. And I get guilty, actually, if I'm like, if I go a couple days without using it, I'm like, oh, no, I haven't updated it. Why does the pages look so empty? But I actually love it. Yes. Oh, man. Right. And I use Google Calendar, which is fine. 
It's great for especially meetings when you've got to join multiple people. But it only shows you like three events. So if you have more than three events on one day, it's just kind of this little blob and I completely forget. So it's nice to have everything in the canvas where you can just be like, you've got this, 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 and this, tick it off as you go. Yeah. And you can't hide it anywhere, which is nice. Exactly. So on that note, how did you navigate launching your product-based business while also having personal financial goals and commitments? So I touched on this a little bit before. So when I explained, obviously, like a chunk of my mm-hmm. house deposit went towards um, Canvas. Um, but now the two are just completely separate. Okay, so, cool. Um, None of my personal pay um, from my full-time job goes into Canvas. Yeah. Um, Canvas is fully like self-sufficient now. That's awesome. So I and like that's how it's going to stay. So um, the two will remain completely separate now. Mm-hmm. So I have my personal budget, and that's the one that I do in my Canvas. Yeah. And that's everything you know from my food, my phone, my actually sorry, Canvas pays for my phone. Um, business plan. All, all of my personal expenses mm-hmm. go in my budget in my Canvas, and then I don't really have a budget for Canvas. Yeah. I'm just very mindful of where it, and if I spend money. So Canvas doesn't really have a lot of outgoings at the moment, purely because, um, like, really, I'm not in any sort of developmental stage mm-hmm. where I need to have outgoings. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll put, like, a coffee here and there yeah. on the Canvas account. But otherwise, it's just budgeting. So a few months ago, we started developing a product. Yeah. Um, and then I had to budget for that, things like that. But that's all paid up now. So really, oh, wow. there's not too much happening. The next thing for me is budgeting in um, some Facebook marketing and things yeah. like that. So, um, yeah, basically, for me to be able to do that, I have to make sales mm-hmm. so my focus is is the sales basically and I know if yeah. they come then canvas sorts itself out financially yeah. I suppose and that's yeah. really nice you were able to get to a point like where it is self-sufficient now and you're able to reinvest back into the business and start on something new instead yeah. of having to constantly funnel in money because I know like a lot of product business owners they do just you know some of them they I guess they don't I'm not sure why, whatever reason they have, like they don't do what you did and just kind of have a big chunk and put it towards the business, they kind of pick at it. And I feel like sometimes it ends up where they just have, they're spending more and more and more because they didn't have a a budget to start with to kind of plan it out. Or or they're getting themselves into business loans and things Mm, like that, um, which I think can also be a little dangerous um, because it just, when there is pressure, on a business is when it becomes like super stressful and you come from a place of yeah you're coming from a place of stress rather than um enjoyment yeah don't get me wrong like I'm still definitely like I need to I need to make sales in Mm -hmm. order for me to progress and you know there's so many different things that I would have loved or would love to have done by now Um, different ideas and different products and different things that I would have loved to have launched but I have to kind of step back and go baby steps you yeah. need to be able to accomplish this before you can accomplish that so don't get ahead of yourself um and maybe that's possibly where other people go wrong as well they go well I don't want to wait before yeah. I do this thing and I'll just get a loan out or I'll just borrow money or I'll 
do whatever, but I was just adamant that Canvas wasn't going to screw me over financially. It was something that I want to love doing. Um, And if that means I I have to be a little bit slower in order to do that without, um, you know, because at the end of the day, like if I keep taking money out of my Ofsted account or if I keep borrowing my personal money in order to make my business work, there is that risk that I could lose my house as a result. Uh And I just think to myself, what's it, what's it worth to you? Yeah. And I, yeah, I don't want to have to do that or I don't want to be in the position where it's even something that I have to consider. So, um, yeah. I'm very, very aware of where I spend my money when it comes to Canvas. Mm-hmm. And is this going to propel me forward or is this just something I'm spending money on because someone else did or I think I should versus yeah, it's going to move me forward? That's a big one actually, especially with like programs and subscriptions. Like when you keep yes. hearing people be like, this is really great and I'm using it and you're like, oh, maybe I need that too and it'll help me, you know, be more organized or whatever. But it's like, how many do you need when it, before it gets just like, you know, too much shit yeah. you're paying for and you're not getting your value out of it? Absolutely. So that's, a, that's a big one because I feel like there are a lot of coaches and there are a lot of subscriptions and a lot of memberships you can be a part of at the moment. Hmm. And if they're not serving you and if mm-hmm. they're not propelling you forward or if you've, I'd, like, I've been in memberships before and I'm like, this was great while I was in that stage of my business, but I'm not yeah. there anymore, so I have to move on. Um, so I was part of a bunch of memberships and I'm not anymore um, because I just want to see how I go on my own because I'm yeah. like, I've worked on myself and my business mm-hmm. up, up to this point. Now what's important to me? So, yeah, I think you can get a little stagnant when it comes to memberships and things like that. So it's important to grow, grow out of them and do, like do the work that you've just learned. Yeah. Don't just be constantly looking for external validation mm-hmm. um, when you haven't applied or done anything that you've learned. So yeah, that's a really good that's really good advice actually. You need to crack the whip on yourself a little sometimes as well. Yeah. So if you're not using this, get rid of it. Have some space for a bit what you're lacking and then start a new one if you need to definitely well with that in mind um for product-based businesses what would your biggest advice be for someone who's looking into launching one in the near future or the coming coming months or years um it's a tough one um product-based business is expensive Mm -hmm. it's not impossible um yeah, it's tough. You're going to need a fair, depending on your product, of course, mm-hmm. but you're going to need a fair chunk of money behind you. Yeah. I think one of the best things I did was launch in the way that I did. So not that I'm, I would ever encourage someone to go spend 40 grand in one pop, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I believe in a functional, well-built website. I believe yeah. that you should know your tone of voice and what your brand stands for and what it looks like and Mm -hmm. feels like and smells like when you launch. And these are all things that unless you have previously worked in the creative industry, it's really hard to to do that. that 100%, yeah. uh, On your own. So I had a policing background, so in no way, shape, (laughs) or form was I able to (laughs) do any of that on my own. Um, But I would just say just be mindful of every single cent you spend, mm-hmm. question everything, 
has quoted you to do, um, whether it's photography or videography, like do your research, look around. So I now work with Yotta from Ola Digital who Yotta. is amazing and she's yeah, still like she awesome. money-wise, money she's so affordable for me. Like when I compare that to even like freelancers mm-hmm. that I used, like she's cheaper than a freelancer from Upwork, which is unheard of. Wow. Um, so you really have to be careful with um, – where you're spending your money and, mm-hmm. and be really critical about do you need to spend it. So, for example, I was getting website updates done monthly and now I only get them done quarterly because yeah. Yotta was like, we don't, you don't need to do them monthly. Yeah. So um, these are just things that you've learned along the way. So if you can find that out before you make the mistake, just do your research, I guess, yeah. and just be very mindful because it just does become a pit of, like, throwing money in. Oh, hell Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it can, it can snowball out of control. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so true. And I like that you actually did value like branding and copywriting and website because a lot 100%. of people, they don't. And this is coming from me in like a service-based business. And I've like, I worked at a design agency as well. And there's so many people who are like, oh, we're doing a product-based business, but they don't want to spend like any money on their branding or anything like that or their website and I'm like if you don't have a store like your your brand is your like the buyer's experience so you can't just like have it crap because it'll just take you so much longer to get anywhere I mean how many Facebook pages or websites have you opened and looked at and just been like cringe oh yes it's so bad Mm -hmm. and they're always (laughs) the ones that people have been like I'll build it myself it's fine Mm. I'll write my bio I'll write my introduction I'll write everything myself Yeah. So, and it's hard. Definitely. It's yeah, I think it's smart. I always applaud anyone who's willing to outsource to professionals for things yeah. that they're not like this isn't my area, you know, cuz it's such an ego thing. Go, well, I can't afford any of these things. Yeah. And I sort of say to that, well then you can't afford having to have a business. And yeah. I know that sounds harsh, but if you try and do it on your own, you're just going to be you're going to flop. Mhm. Because you're not going to look professional or sound professional, therefore no one's going to trust you and they're not going to buy your product, which is the whole point of starting the business in the first place. Yes. If you're not selling anything, you're not making anything. So, <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love that. And on a slightly kind of relevant note, the budget section of your canvas, I had to mention it because... Before, I don't know if I've told you, but before I got my canvas, I was literally like trying to figure out how to budget and trying to like sort out my money bullshit. And I just couldn't find anywhere that had a good layout for me. And then I got it and I started using it. And I'm like, oh, like there was enough room for everything. Because, you know, when you're starting a business, you've got multiple things that you've got to budget for. And yeah, and all my bills and studying and all this shit. And I had it all there. And I was like, oh, this is so good. So. I love it, and I know lots of people do. So yeah. my nerdy question is how long did it take to perfect, like, that layout? Because it is really thoughtful, and, like, you can tell when you use it, like, you have considered everything. Yeah, about five seconds. Really? <laughs> that is awesome. That. Yeah. I, like, this is, I know exactly what my perfect budget page is going to look like. Mm-hmm. This is it. it took, that was the easiest page wow. to design in the canvas, and it took – 
gets it in two seconds. That's awesome. Because yeah. I think that's one of the things like a lot of planners, they do fail on. They just, they have a budgeting section and you're like, great, I need this. But it's just not functional or it's just not enough. Like, yeah. and I've had quite a few where I've like, I've just stopped using the planner because I'm like, oh. it's only kind of getting me halfway there, you know? But money, the thing is, money is complicated. And yeah. It needs to be flexible, but at the same time, quite strict. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one thing, especially with the fixed expenses, the variable expenses. People have savings goals all the time. People yeah. have things that they need to be reminded of, so whether it's upcoming bills and mm-hmm. things like that. There's so much to consider when it comes to your money. Um, you know, especially when shit hits the fan, it's really important to have those emergency accounts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you are not conscious and aware of where your money is going. Like you are just going to be dictated by that mm. constantly. It's a really empowering feeling when you know where you're spending your money, what you're spending it on, and you become far more accountable for it as yeah. well. So, you know, some people might say it's boring to question every time you get your card out, like, do I need to spend my money on this? But I can tell you long-term it will pay off for you. Yeah, that's really good. And with that, kind of on that topic, have you ever been in a situation where you have, like, had to pay off debt or you've been in debt, like, besides your mortgage and your car repayments? Um... I've done a couple of things. So when I, just before I left Mount Isa, when I knew I bought my place, mm-hmm. um, I went into Harvey Norman during the Boxing Day sales. <laughs> Omen Psycho. You know, a bunch of stuff on sale at really good prices. And mm-hmm. I just did one of those GE Money accounts. Oh, so, yeah. But as soon as I got the card, I cut it up. It wasn't something that mm-hmm. I was going to go and tap around town. Um, so, and I knew that I could afford the repayments. Yeah. Those things will absolutely bite you in the ass if you can't afford them and you start accruing interest on them. The interest mm. rates are phenomenal. Um, I also did a similar thing when I got laser eye surgery on my eyes. Oh, did um, you? Like a payment plan. It was interest-free. Oh. I think it was over 12 months. Um, again, I could easily afford it. So I did that. Um that's awesome. I didn't even know that yeah. was a thing. So whilst um, I'm a big barefoot investor lover, <laughs> he says he does say to avoid those sorts of things. Yeah. I tend to disagree if you're in a financial position to pay something off over a certain amount of time mm. without paying interest on it. I think go for it. Yeah. But it's not something that you should be doing if you are still irresponsible with money because I feel like you can be doing those repayments but mm. still convince yourself, yeah, I'll chuck this on after pay, I'll buy that dress on after pay, I really need these. <laughs> Plus that handbag is like super cute, I'll just add that to after pay as well. Oh my God, um, yes. It, it, these are all things that I did whilst I was very conscious of where my money was going and what I was spending it on. So mm-hmm. I would happily go out with go without things because I knew I couldn't afford them yeah. because I had those payments coming out for those mm-hmm. responsibilities. Yeah. So it's not something I've ever been caught out on, um, but I do know a lot of people who have. Yeah. So, I mean, other than that, no, I was really lucky. My car loans growing up were with my grandma, so they were interest-free. Nice. Um, <laughs> so this car that I bought um, this year has been the first car that I bought um, through 
through finance and I've paid interest on that. So, mm-hmm. But previous to that, I've been really, really lucky. Yeah. I haven't paid interest on that. Yeah, that's awesome. Actually, I got um, my laptop broke last year and I was just like, okay, well, I'm not buying a new one until I can just save up and get it in full. And we had like all sorts of stuff go down and, you know, I didn't save up. So this year I was like, it's getting to a point where I was like, I just can't be on like the one computer all the time because my boyfriend and I were sharing it. So it's like a nightmare. So I like went into, yeah, Harvey Norman. Oh no, good guys. I went to good guys and got it one of those finance cards. And I was like, if I am buying this, I am, yeah, do not touch that card. Chuck it away in the cupboard. Don't touch it. Yeah. And yeah, as soon as the lady told me, she's like, oh, it's like a 24% interest rate if you want to buy anything else. And I was like, nah, <laughs> nah. Don't even see it. I'm like, I'm going to pay this fucker off in less than a year because I don't want to look at it. Like, it's the idea yeah. of that amount of, like, interest terrified me. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> yeah, it's like the first time I've got a card or a loan or anything. That, I probably, especially when I was overseas, so I had a credit card overseas. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I've only ever had, I think the biggest credit card I've had is, like, 3000 before it dies mm-hmm. um, or maxes out, I should say. So... I've never really gotten myself into massive credit card debt, but it is another thing that I think people should be wary of. Yeah. I cancelled my credit cards um, last year, I think it was. Oh, yeah, wow. Before I went on my van trip. So, yeah, I cancelled them before I went on my van trip and I haven't looked back since. Yeah. I haven't needed it. I haven't wanted one. So That's awesome. Um, yeah, I think people get caught out relying on them as well. Yeah. Um, when they run out of money or. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's such, it's such a trap. And you realize, especially when you cancel your credit cards and are only living on what you earn, mm-hmm. that um, you probably were spending a lot of money that you didn't actually have. So. Yeah, definitely. Well, you kind of feel like you've got this, this little loophole, you know? You're like, oh. I'll just, like, I know I did this a lot, like, with Afterpay. I'm like, I'll just put it on Afterpay because it's four installments, and that's fine. Like, four installments, I can handle that. But it's when you've got multiple payments going yeah. that you're paying, you know, like, four, like four installments for full products could be a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I've got no money. Where is it all going? It's like, well, you idiot, you put it on Afterpay. Yeah, exactly. It still adds up. So yeah. I, I did something on Afterpay as my first – Afterpay purchase just recently. Oh, I was like, I want to see what this is all about because mm-hmm. um, I offer Afterpay on the Canvas website. Oh yeah, and I think it was. Oh, that's right. It was my flights for. I'm going to Bali. Oh, my first holiday. Nice. Oh so my god, fun. that's awesome. Again, that was one of the sacrifices when you started business. I have uh, not been on a holiday since I started. Holy so, shit. Um. Yes, yeah, so I put my flights on, and I think the amount was like 163 fortnight mm-hmm. and so I usually put about 200 or 200, 250 um per pay, per pay into my splurge account and that's where the money was coming from oh. so I was like are you comfortable taking 163 out of your splurge account for the mm-hmm. next four pays yeah and I was like well yeah so my yeah. splurge amounts went from 250 to 100 yeah that's awesome some, some people might be like that is just a tough existence but that is mortgage life yeah no totally I actually really like that the airlines have finally like offered payment plans because I remember like years ago saying I wish they would because you know when you see the sale and you're like oh I could 
you know, that would be great. But I don't, you know, say I'm getting paid on Thursday and it's Tiger Tuesday. You're like, yeah. fuck. And I like that now you can just like, okay, great. Like book the flights and then, you know, put it on whatever. And then, well, I know that everyone does it. Not everyone does. But I'm like, okay, pay those off as soon as you get the money in. Yeah. So like otherwise, yeah, I'm like, nah. I'm like, if you're going to use a program, you've got to pay for it straight away. That's my See, condition. My, my credit card was my version of Afterpay before it ah. existed. And I went, I'll chuck it on my credit card mm-hmm. and I'll have to pay, you know, X, Y, Z over the next three weeks to make sure I don't start accumulating interest for it. So I became yeah. really strict on paying the bare minimum as well. Um, but, again, it became like a sick obsession, like how quick can I pay my credit card <laughs> to my credit card. But now, yeah, I, I don't think I would ever go back to having a credit card. Yeah. It must feel good, though, knowing that, you know, you can survive without one and you can, you'll can yeah. you be okay. There's, yeah. there's a lot of power in that because a lot of people do give in and, you know, I don't blame them because the banks are relentless. They're constantly – I'm constantly getting letters and emails trying to get me to get a credit yeah, card. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, no. The bank offered me one time ten thousand dollars. I'm like, you're kidding. If you think I'm gonna, oh my god. But some people would just be like, yes, yeah, free money. That's yeah. Not like, it's scary. scary. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, we've gone for like ages, which is awesome. Um, this is gonna be a really good episode for everyone. So I might get into the next final segment, which is our general questions. Um, so as you know, rhythm and words explores the rhythm of women in their twenties, but every now and then I like to ask women outside of that age bracket, which you are, which I didn't know. Oh God, I'm so old. <laughs> no, I genuinely thought you were like, oh my God, I was like 27, 28. You're only as old as you feel and I feel 21. Yes, so that, that's I'm it. We'll roll with that. With that in mind, how would you describe your rhythm right now? As a 31-year-old business owner, homeowner, badass, budgeting lady. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would describe my rhythm so much differently to how other people describe my rhythm. Yeah. I don't know. It's That's a tough one. I definitely feel like when I turned 30, I just gained like this whole new level of, I don't know if I would call it confidence, mm-hmm. or just not giving a fuck anymore. Yeah. Um, but I definitely was just like, I don't have the time to care what other people think mm. anymore, which was like a really nice thing to sort of um, transition to. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, I would also say my rhythm is slightly off because I also do suffer every now and again from anxiety and, mm. and mild depression. So that if you'd asked me, you know, a month ago, when I might have been at my highest of highs, I would have mm-hmm. said, yeah, I'm killing it. Um, <laughs> nobody going to break my stride. It's going to hold me down. But, um, yeah, I would say it's a constant flow. Flow, yeah. Yeah. I like that. I'm like, I'm like a weather forecast. I can see a storm one day and I can see beautiful the next. You just never know. I love that. And that's such, yeah, I love that you've said flow because when I think of rhythm, rhythm, that's what it reminds me of, like the flow of the waves kind of going yeah. up and down and backwards and forward. So, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I've embraced that part of myself as well. Like I've, I'm almost like comfortable and I own that side of me now, mm-hmm. whereas I hid it and I was so embarrassed about it before and I'm just like, 
this is who I am. Like I've, I've tried for so long to change that side of me and yeah. be, dif- be different to that, but I've just accepted that that's just who I am. And there's so many other people that can relate mm-hmm. and I'd be doing everyone a disservice if I lied about it. I wasn't yeah. honest about it. So, yeah. No, that's really good. And I'm, you know, I'm always grateful when someone does actually share even just a little bit, you know, online because it is, especially as a business owner, when you're by yourself all day and someone does like say something and you're like, fuck, okay, I'm not by myself. Like, this is great. Or even just anyone in general, you know, because social media is a highlight reel. We should do more as well. Mm -hmm. I caught up with um, Leona from Scratch and Jota the other day and we were only meant to do a quick Passover of um, like this poster and I said to her, Mm -hmm. do you you want to have coffee while we're here? Um, I'm so glad she said yes because Mm -hmm. even just an hour with her, I was like, I feel so much lighter and so much better. Um, You just get energy from people. So especially if you're a business owner working from home alone, (laughs) oh yeah, find your tribe, go explore, sit down with other people, have a conversation. It makes Mm -hmm. such a difference. Absolutely. And for my final question for you, do you have any advice for girls who are about to enter their 20s? As I feel like turning the big 2-0 often triggers an ex- existential crisis of sorts. I know it did for me. Um, I guess it was, it's probably much like turning 30 was mm-hmm. for me. I kind of panicked and was like, you know, society says that I should have found my life partner and mm. had kids and been married and have the house and the wife to get fenced and everything yeah, right that. now. Um, but again... It was something that I just thought to myself, that's just not who I am and mm-hmm. why should I change or mould myself to be something that I'm not even comfortable with? Yeah. Um, I think for um, girls in their 20s, um, for them it's more you should know what you want to do for the rest of your uh-huh. life by now. Yes. Shouldn't you have been to uni and graduated and you're mm-hmm. in the job that you're going to be in forever by now? And uh, to that I just say fuck that. Um, <laughs> Amen. Oh, like figure out who you are and fuck up and make mistakes yeah. and try different things and travel and do whatever it is that makes you happy. In saying that, if going to uni and having the same job the rest of your life makes you happy, then do it. Like don't just, yeah, follow what feels right. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't feel right, change. There's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing. I mean, I've had, I had 30 jobs, 32. I think wow. it was I counted one day before <laughs> I joined QPS because I was just like if it doesn't make me happy if I'm not enjoying it Mm -hmm. then why am I doing it just leave like you're not letting anybody down you're not ruining your life Mm -hmm. like times are changing it is not 1987 anymore or it's not 1991 anymore yes you can be and do whatever the fuck you want to do I'm so grateful that you've taken the time for you in this podcast today. I know how many shows are competing for your love, so thank you for choosing Rhythm and Words. If you like this episode, you can review us on Apple Podcasts and share this story with a woman who needs it. For more behind the scenes, you can catch us on Instagram at Rhythm and Words Podcast, online at rhythmandwords.com, or join the conversation in our Facebook group, Rhythm and Women.